If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Now today on Horse Chats, I've got to say welcome back to Victoria Hardesty. She's written another book, which we're you know very happy to hear about, and we'll talk about that book in a moment. But before I do that, I'd just like to remind you that if you'd like to work in the horse industry, but you're not sure where to start, then have a chat to our friendly team at internationalhorsecollege.com. With the wide variety of horse courses from the complete beginner through to the qualified professional and students in over 20 countries will be able to consider your individual requirements and guide you in the right direction. Simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com to start the conversation. Registered training organisation number 31352. Now, Welcome back, Victoria. It's wonderful to hear from you and very good to hear that uh, the good news that you've got another book. Oh, I'm, I'm pretty excited about this one. It was a fun book to write because I actually know the horse that's involved. And so I told, I told his story and then I, met, I blended it with a fictional character and changed the ending, but that's okay. You know, he's, he's still doing, he's alive and well and doing well. Well, I think that's good. Right from the start, you know, we hear about this horse who um, wasn't born into particularly good background. But Victoria, just before we even get started, the name of the book. Tell us the name of the book. So if people are looking, I can say, right, what's the name of this book? Okay. The book is Cashmere, and it's Wonder Horse book number six. Perfect. And I think if, if listeners are thinking about this and haven't read any of the previous books, they sort of run on a little bit, don't they? Because even though this is a different horse, like a new horse, so if you haven't read any of the other books and you want to have this book, then it does bring in a couple of the other characters, but not in such a way that you have to read the other book first. Is that the way, the way it's meant to be? That's the way I got it anyway. Right, right. You know, we bring in the other characters from the first four books, but you don't have to read their story first because all of my books will begin the story of the horse. Yep, yep. The other thing is too, they're all Arabians. Obviously, that's your passion is what you like to write about. Tell us a little bit about why you've chosen Arabian horses for all of your books. I chose Arabians because I've fallen in love with the breed when... When I first got one um, about almost 36 years ago, um, they have this unique ability to bond with humans. And I think it goes back to thousands of years of how they were bred and handled. You know, if you think about um, the Bedouin tribes, you know, they they were the ones that, that captured the first wild horse. And they they valued the horse so highly that they would bring the horse right into the tent with their wife and kids. So they had to have an animal that would bond with people, or it wouldn't be safe to do. And I, any animal that that um, that couldn't be brought into the tent to be and be safe with the children 
and and the wives, you know, was uh, eliminated. So they they by selective breeding just got them closer and closer and closer to people. And um, that's kind of what part of the takeaway from the books are the way the way these horses do bond with their people. One of the things that I do like about your books, Victoria, is that they're written by a horse person. You know, they're not a book that's only for horse people written by a horse person and they're not a book for people who don't know about horses written by someone who doesn't really know about horses. You know, they're written by a horse person but they're great breed for someone who's just looking for a book to read, you know, something that's a bit interesting. So great idea to just pass the book on and whereas someone might say, oh, yeah, another horse book, you'd have to say, well, read it because, yes, it's a horse book and, yes, there's learning in it from horses, but it's not just a horse book. So if you were thinking, you know, what, when you start writing a book, what do you think you'd like your readers to learn from reading one of your books? Well, one of, one of the, the primary things that I'd like people to understand about Arabian horses is the fact that they do bond in, in an incredible way. And secondarily, just how versatile that breed is. They do bloody well everything. You know, if you can think of an activity, you can put an Arabian horse in there. About the only thing I, th- I think you might have trouble with is a, um, a tractor pull. <laughs> okay. Because okay. they don't weigh 1,500 pounds, you know. <laughs> and whether, you know, tractor pulling in, in the United States, they take um, a very heavy sledge and they have horses hitched to it, and they pull it. And then how far you get with pulling is how whether you win or not. And I, I can't see an Arabian doing that. But any other activity, absolutely. So this this book, I mean, it's centered around a um, rodeo, right? you know, like, like that sort of atmosphere. And they've got quarter horses and everything else. So they've brought, you've brought the Arabian horse into this, um, this area of the horse world. Right. Yeah, it's it's unusual, uh, probably primarily because of um, rodeo and its development. Rodeo was originally kind of a macho thing that the cowboys would get together and show off their skill. And these were cowboys that were were out on the range and they were they were moving cows all all day long, you know, uh, up to the high pastures, down to the lower pastures, and then off to the railheads when they sold the cattle. So they were riding a sturdy horse to do that, and it was, you know, a lot of times whatever they could get their hands on. And so they they had their skills, the remudas they would travel with. They might each cowboy have six horses, none of which were broke, per se. <laughs> so in the morning, you'd have to go throw a saddle on something and, and buck it out to get to work. <laughs> So, so that was part of part of the activity in the rodeo, and so that's why it was predominantly and has been predominantly American quarter horse. But it doesn't mean an Arabian can't go in there and do just as well. Okay, and you were saying other activities, so so not the tractor pulling, but you said racing, barrel racing, obviously, as well as racing. What other areas? They do jumping, and uh, they've done. Cross country, some cross country is, 
you know, you can take a thoroughbred cross on an Arabian and get a beautiful uh, cross-country horse. Um, they do all the show ring stuff that you can imagine. They do endurance probably better than any other breed. And just anything you can think of. You know, trail riding, good grief. Can't get a better horse than one that trusts you go on, to go out on trail. Now, the story ideas themselves. You've talked about this particular horse. Tell us about this particular horse and how you came across it. You know, when you first found out about this particular horse. That particular horse I came across when I met the new owner and actually realized that that horse had been at my facility for two years. Oh, wow. And during that time, during the two years that the horse was here, I had a full-time job off the ranch, so I I wasn't here to observe that much, you know, because I, I was an hour to an hour and a half drive away and back every five days a week so I was only here on weekends and I I don't personally recall ever seeing the horse out of his stall but my niece was here at the time she told me the horse got out of his stall three times in the whole two years so you know it was it was a tragedy for the horse and then you know I found out later the the entire first part of the book is all true. It all really happened that way, except for um, where the horse ended up. You know, the horse the horse ended up with a dear friend of mine named Shauna Carta, and nobody else would take him. That was the plain truth. Nobody wanted him because he was unsocialized. He was hard to deal with. He was very, very angry, and um, he was unmanageable. And she worked with the trainer for two years, and today that same horse is in her pocket all the time. <laughs> they they do everything. They they travel in groups. They go by themselves. And when she drives to the ranch, she has two different cars, you know, her husband's or hers. And that horse knows the sound of the engine, and he's right there with his head over the the pipe rail waiting for her because he's heard the car and it's it's just marvelous it's a shame that it took him so long stop i need to interrupt this chat for a hot off the press notification that is that the latest version of the book 101 careers in the horse industry is now available and the best news is that it's a free download so if you work in the horse industry if you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry, or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry, then this is an essential book for you to read now and then keep as a reference as you progress through your career. With over 100 jobs to choose from, you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid. So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page and click on the 101 careers in the horse industry button to receive your free career book. Imagine, maybe one day you could be a guest on Horse Chats. And what about the girl that you've introduced in the book? I mean, you know, she she has the life that um, many people would absolutely dream about, first of all, you know, before she had her accident, just 
everyone everyone would love to have that life you know she's born into a horse family born into horses has the ideal you know first couple of horses so she has three other horses before she meets this horse tell us about her and how because she's the fictional character but where did you get the idea from her as a fictional character you know I just put together kind of a composite of some of the girls that we had here when we had our own training facility here. I structured her that way. You know, just a little bit of this girl and a little bit of this girl and a little bit of this girl because we had some wonderful, wonderful young people here. And I just built the ideal young lady. I gave her good values because the kids that came here had good values and they projected good values. And that's what I really wanted to do with with the Katie character was projecting good values. And I think that's important when young people read a book to see that sort of thing, something positive. And she had this life, you know, where she was happy, she was riding, she had a goal. She had an accident, and within the accident, there was a bit of a personality change almost, you know, from the head injury. Just tell us a little bit about that bit. Well, you know, she, the, the young lady was driven. She had her life planned for herself. She had already decided what goals she was going to achieve at what age and what she was going to shoot for every step of the way and how exactly she was going to get there. And she had worked her plan, and she had done quite well up until, bam, you know, she had an accident, and it just rocked her boat. And she just decided at that point her life was over. But what we're trying to show in this story that, you know, sometimes a sudden stop is only one stop on the road to success. Your life isn't over because you didn't achieve one goal. And that's kind of the message in this book is, you know, a lot of young people will get to that point where they miss an objective, they miss a goal, they miss something they want, and then, you know, they, they give up. Katie did, but Kashmir brought her around and showed her that that was just a stop on the road to success. You've talked in your previous books about heart horse, but in this particular one, you talked about a medicine horse. So tell us, tell us, you know, just go over like a hard horse, but what's a medicine horse, if you can explain that? Well, medicine horses are um, interesting. Um, every horse has the capacity to be a medicine horse. Not every horse wants to be one. And I've gotten that from several animal communicators that I've talked to. Uh, and a medicine horse is one that is like, like a good therapist, <laughs> you know, it's the place where you go and dump your problems and, and they help you work them out. That's what a medicine horse is. And then conversely, you have medicine people. They don't have to be trained, but they're the kind of people that if you have a problem, you can go sit down and talk with them and you can work out your own problem because they give you the option and they sit and listen. Sometimes listening is the best thing you can do. Sure. The bond, though, that developed between these two, like he started off as a medicine horse, but, you know, the bond that developed between these two, do you find this is more, and I know that, you, you know, you're pro-Arabian horses, but this 
seems to be a lot more with the Arabian horses than with others? Or do you think, you know, that, that other horses, other breeds, people can develop this bond? I think I think other people can develop that with other breeds too. You know, I've known people that have had other breeds and, you know, I, I just happen to have um, an affinity for the Arabians and I know they're probably easier to do. But I've known other people that have a quarter horse or a, a thoroughbred horse or a warm blood horse that they just are in sync with. And when you're in sync with your horse, then, um, you know, good things happen. Victoria, if people, you know, are interested in this book, but not just this book, you know, we bring you on as an author because I think we always like to think that there's, if you're going to work in the horse industry, there's not just one job, you know, there's not, I mean, you've been a barn owner, you, you know, you've, you've obviously done a lot more before you were an author and you worked in the horse industry developing that knowledge before you started to be an author. So we sort of bring you in as an author and we want to talk to people about your books, but as a career, as an author, people obviously, if they want to write about horses, they obviously have to have the horse knowledge to be able to write about horses. Otherwise it's going to be, you know, like I said before, one of those horse books where, you know, you sort of think, oh, come on, you know, at least you could have got a horse person to, to go through this book and tell you where it was all wrong. But if someone wants to be an author, how can they do that? You know, what's their first step? The first step is to be a reader and read a lot. I know for myself, my mother taught me to read at age three. And I know my first... Um, you know, my, my grandparents always sent me two quarters scotch tape to my birthday card. And my mom took me out to spend my birthday money that year. And the first thing I did was buy a book. I bought Black Beauty. I, and my mom taught me how to read so I could read my book. And I read, as a youngster, I read every book in the public library that had a horse in it or on it. <laughs> They were all my favorites, but I read uh, six books every two, three days from the public library. I would go three times a week, and I always got six books out, checked them out, and went and read them. I think reading is the, the primary thing that you have to do if you want to ever be a writer. Then writing, write about what you know. You know, I would be a terrible writer if I was writing about science. Because that really, that, that didn't interest me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I suppose you don't have the passion then to, to put into it. It becomes more work rather than, well, this is fun, you know, having all this, creating it and having it all come together. Yeah. Well, and, and do your research, you know. Don't put terms in you don't understand. And um, do your research. I know I do. I research every book. Sometimes it's with other people that, are active in a particular discipline, I'll talk to them and get their insights before I begin. Sometimes it's, you know, Professor Google is a wonderful thing. He knows a lot. <laughs> yes, yes, for sure, for sure. Victoria, I know that if people are interested in reading this book, you've got a discount for them. But if they want to just contact you direct, you know, maybe they want to be an author, maybe they want to ask you something specifically about the book or about Arabian horses, what's the best way to contact you directly? Probably from Australia. 
The easiest way is by email or Facebook. I'm on Facebook. I answer people that write to me. I have um, an author's page under Wonder Horse Books, and I have a page, uh, my personal page is Victoria Hardesty. And um, my email address is my ranch name, the letter K, letter C, Arabians, the number one, at msn.com. And I, I answer everybody. I'm, I'm very willing to talk to anybody who, who's interested in writing or would like to talk to me about my books. Perfect. And um, what about this discount? So if people would like to buy one book, but don't you, I would tend to say don't just stop at one. If you want to buy one and just, um, you know, to try it, I think you'll end up coming back and trying the others. But if they'd like to buy a book or buy all of your books, you can offer them a discount. Tell us a little bit about that. Right. Our publisher is sponsoring a program on readersandwritersbookclub.com. Uh, it's a subscription. It's a very inexpensive monthly, or you can buy an annual subscription, or you can buy a five-year. But if you join that, there's two things that they get for free. Uh, each one of the writers in a group of 20 or 22 of us write article, short articles about um, once a month. But the articles are published every other day. So you can read a variety of articles by different writers that you may be interested in reading their books. Um, that's one thing. Second of all, every book that, they, that the writers have are available at a 50% discount. So it's half off for the books. It makes a significant difference if you're, if you're buying a, the set or buying one or two. Yes, yes. You know, oh, buying six yeah. books, well, that's a lot better, isn't it? Yeah. And they can be bought. Oh, um, way better. They can be bought in hard copy and a digital copy as well, but they're just not quite on your website yet, are they? But if people would like to find out a bit more about this book, number six, about Kashmir, you should um, contact Victoria Direct, I think, and she'll be able to talk to you because it's so hot off the press. It's not even on the website yet. Right. It's um, due any minute, but it hasn't happened yet because there's so many of them going on. <laughs> but I, I, our books will be available through the leading bookstores in Australia within a month. Okay, perfect. Okay. And if you, if you can't find it at the leading bookstore, talk to Victoria and say, look, I'm, I'm really keen. I'm, I'm interested in this book and I'm interested in all the books. So, uh, yeah, if you can organise it, that'd be, that'd be great. This has been wonderful, Victoria. Yeah, and and you know, I mean, I love I love getting the books early and going through them and reading them and going, oh wow, you know, this is good and yeah, yeah. And as I said, I do enjoy. Oh them. yeah, the so, advanced um, copies are good. Mm, mm. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Look, Victoria, thank you for coming on, and I, I want to be able to say when's your next book coming out, but you sort of need to probably have a bit of a recover over this one and you know, enjoy Christmas and um, before you start your next book, but certainly stay in touch and keep us up to date with what you're doing. Actually, yeah. heavens no, I'm, I'm about two-thirds done with the oh, next one. very well done. I hope to have that one done and um, released sometime in, uh, well, stretching it, maybe March. I'm almost done with the book. This one's a pretty, pretty exciting one too. It's about a black Arabian mare named Raven. Okay. 
I am looking forward to um, reading that and talking to you about that as well. So, um, you know, if people are interested in Victoria's books, go out, get one or get all of them now. And as I said, go through readersandwritersbookclub.com. Those details will be on Horse Chats as along with all of Victoria's chats. And just go there, search for Victoria, search for Hardesty or, um, yeah, I think even search for Arabians and you'll find the details there. Okay, so thanks again, Victoria, for coming on, having a chat, telling us all about your latest book, and I look forward to catching up with you in March. Uh, I'm excited about it, too. <laughs> I like this next one as well. So Wonderful. All right, looking forward to hearing about Raven. Oh, yes. <laughs> She's spectacular. Okay, perfect. All right, we'll talk to you soon then. Bye-bye. All right, very good. Thank you for calling. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate, and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government-accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below 